everybody, like and you. welcome back to another episode of Rapping with Reef Bum. I'm your host, Keith Perkelhammer. Well, on today's live stream, I welcome back Adam Derrickson from Battle Corals. Hey, Adam, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, good to see you, man. Uh, thanks for having me back. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. So we got a whole ton of people coming in here on the live stream, and and uh, I know you you promoted it on the uh, your Reef to Reef uh, forum and social media and all that stuff. So this is a great thing to see. Um, so for those of you folks that do not know Adam, Adam is one of the most well-known coral vendors out there specializing in SPS corals. He has been in the game for a number of years and has done an amazing, amazing job aquaculturing corals and making them available to us hobbyists. And a fun fact about Adam, he has the most unique Skype name I have ever heard. No joke. I'm not going to mention what that name is, Adam. But um, before we get into our conversation and possibly talk about that fun fact, I want to thank the sponsors for the show, both uh, Bulk Reef Supply and Ecotech Marine. I really appreciate their support, and I appreciate all the support of you folks out there tuning in. So please don't forget to hit the uh, like button if you dig what you're um, watching, listening to right now, so more people can find the stream. And as always, I encourage you to ask questions and post your comments in the chat. I'll do my best to, uh, to keep track of those things. I'm wearing multiple hats again tonight for the show moderator host technical guy um so yeah adam let's um you do job. You do what's that good job Th thank you it's uh it's definitely I mean, with all these, all these tasks. it's a it's a it's a big big juggling act so um <clears throat> all right i mentioned the very unique skype name and i'm not uh, we're not going to reveal what your skype username is for uh for your privacy's sake but you do have quite a talent in terms of coming up with unique names unique names for corals and um so is this like a natural talent in terms of naming things or have you developed this over time while you've been uh doing battle corals you know a lot of these things i don't give a whole lot of thought <laughs> to a lot of these things a lot of a lot of times it just pops into my head and uh it kind of is what it is i mean like uh, I'd say 90% of like the really goofy stuff is just a thought that kind of popped in my head one day and I may have wrote it down. I've got a big, uh, list in my notes now, like something that, you know, it seems a little funny, but, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, I understand that the name thing has gotten a little old and uh, even passe, uh, completely, you know, like kind of been there, done that. And, uh, you know, people are still drawn to it. Uh, but, um, yeah, I guess we're going right into it. Um, you know, I have given, I put an option on my site to actually shop and browse uh, by scientific name or as many scientific oh, really? names as I could, uh, you know, identify. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Uh, there's a little button. Uh, I, I had the site, uh, I finally updated it uh, this, this spring. Uh, just kind of an overhaul was kind of in, in need of a facelift. And one of the things I had on the back burner for a long time was, was a way for people to shop uh without the names and we kind of went back and forth and kind of how we could me and my developer how we could do that and different options and how we could pull it off and uh and ultimately what we came up with is just a little button on the side and i can't remember exactly what it says now uh i think it just says no oh, it's the no glitch <laughs> so if you hit that little button uh it will bring you to to uh kind of a, a doppel version of the site where all the funny names are gone and uh, you can shop by you know as many scientific names that i could uh plug in and anywhere where I couldn't, uh, it'll just say Acropora SD, like just the classic, you know, turn back the clock and, 
and uh, you know all the fancy names are are long gone. Uh, I've been curious. I've been wanting to start a poll to see how many people actually are, use that. You know, because I don't know. At the end of the day, I think people still prefer names, but uh, you know, I, trying to keep it fresh. I guess you can now shop by scientific name at basketball. I, uh... <laughs> Hitting, hitting the magic I did not know that um, as a fact. If anybody out there is watching, has uh, definitely chime in on the chat, whether uh, yay or nay. But uh, I commend you, man. That is uh, mm-hmm. that is awesome because the name game has just kind of gotten way out of hand uh, these days, and um, you know it's yeah. made it tough for some people to be able to to buy corals because of the uh, affordability issue. Right. Well, that's a whole nother. I mean, yeah, and that's even a whole nother avenue. Uh, you know, for me, like the, I've never taken it seriously. Uh, the, I mean, the, the whole name thing. I mean, as like the like the longer I was doing it, the sillier and kind of more ridiculous the names got. But uh, as a, as a means to like uh, market and and sell for more, uh, you know that I guess I've never really been. Uh, I mean, that kind of drives me nuts. I suppose I I get it, but uh, uh, <laughs> I, I guess in a way, like my this whole like this whole no glitz thing was kind of a social experiment to see, uh, you know, if people really are interested in, in buying coral without names in that regard, or will they pay the same price for the yellow one, the yellow acropora versus, you know, the funny named one. Uh, I don't have any way to like uh, capture metrics on this, which is probably something I should look into uh, just for my own sake, my own curiosity's sake. But I'll tell you what I did do. Um, I offered an option, you know, I think uh, after, after our last thing, uh, if you buy a battle box now, you can select one of the options is to uh, have the names. I think it says, yes, please give me the names or no, uh, no, thank you. And that was just kind of an idea uh, for, to get a sense, uh, you know, kind of like the genesis of the, of the whole no glitz thing. Uh, but it was to get a sense of like, do people really care about names at all? And, and I'd say out of maybe a hundred battle boxes that I sell, uh, 99 of them, maybe, maybe 95 of them, the people want names. And, and essentially all, all that means is, you know, if you choose that you don't want names, you're not going to get a bunch of unnamed crap. You're just not going to get a list of right. what they're called. Or you probably will get a list anyway, but you're not going to get, you know, it's not a bunch of unnamed stuff. It's just, you don't care about the names, so you're not going it, to, it's just, I'm not going to tell you what they are. <laughs> Versus if you like what they are, you know, if you like the names, you know, I could go on and on. But, uh, you know, in terms of like jacking up prices because of a fancy name, you know, it's never really been, you know, I, I'm not, I, it's yeah, not, not your really cup of thing. tea. You know, I mean, I guess I, I, I not my cup of tea. I mean, it's hard to, you know, I sell corals, so it's hard to kind of, you know, make the distinction. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, I, you know, you can see sites that are clearly, uh, you know, taking advantage of that sort of thing. And, and of course, you know, being a vendor for a while, we all, a lot of us have a lot of the same corals. You know, it's me, I call it this, he calls it that, and it's just a fact, of, a fact of life kind of fact. You know, no one, it's not as exclusive as we would like to think. I mean, some of the old ones I have might be because just of how I got them and how they were obtained. But, uh, you know, a lot of stuff like in my Australian supplier, you know, Jimmy's vendor, you know, Jimmy's acros can get those same acros too, and he can right. call it whatever he wants as well. So, you know, there's a lot of that that goes on. And, you know, I think, uh, it's always kind of funny. I do see people like using names that I have used before though. Like, you know, like literally like, <laughs> like, like, Hey, that's, like, that's copyright. What are you doing? Whatever. I mean, it's like imitation, you know, is the, what do they say? It's uh, a right. serious form of flattery. So, uh, all yeah. right, we got a bunch of comments and some immediate feedback for you. Um, Brian Mack once said, notice that the last time I visited the website in terms of the scientific names uh, option, 
um, canopy explorer. I really appreciate the no glitz option. I have a hard time taking many of these growers seriously when they can't even tell me which species of acro they're offering. Um, we got um, cool. uh, Bert Minshew. I don't mind the uh, name thing, but it's when 10 companies name the same coral after themselves and Photoshop the picture and then charge twice as much. So right right and that's exactly right i mean it, we're all guilty to it uh, uh to some extent but it can be taken uh you know to the ultimate extreme and uh you know i'm not going to name i'm not going to point any fingers but uh you know like the 10 uses these days yeah. have gotten a little out of hand and you know rainbow rainbow 10 is certainly what you know kind of the hot hot coral uh, of the of the day but uh you know 800 bucks for a little fragment a lot of times even it's kind of more more than likely it's probably wild because it takes a while to cultivate them you know but when you see someone buys a mariculture and you know selling frags for 800 bucks or something you know that's kind of taking advantage of, of the hobby to an, to an extent i mean it, it's everyone's got to make money i get it i have a hard time with that know. myself tread, tread um so all right, right somebody's made a comment about your background already there uh, adam josh cole pamela anderson <laughs> in the background even trying to get her hand on some acros so um that is uh, the uh, the space laser suit, in terms of the uh, the, uh, the the figure back there. <laughs> and um, well, this is sort of related. Producer Reef, when are you going to have that laser lemon again? <laughs> the laser le uh, laser melon. It's funny that gets said. Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about laser melon. Uh, I've got it. It's in stock right now. It's on the site right now. I've got a rack. I got a roll of frags uh, cut and ready. So. <laughs> um, Super popular coral. Again, you know, blue light special. I, on the site, you can see, and, you know, I haven't done this with all my corals, but especially the and ones I'm rolling that the video of your, uh, drastically different. I'm rolling the video of your raceways. Yeah, oh, cool. so we could talk and look at that at the same Excellent. time. Excellent. Um, oh, and, and for the record, uh, this, this background defaulted when uh, he <laughs> called me, and he insisted that I keep it on there. So, otherwise, you'd be looking at, like, an, a, an old dehumidifier and some, you know, some like pictures on my wall anyway uh but thanks so i guess it's uh, kind of uh jazzes it up a little bit that would be laser uh space laser girl or something uh that was a flyer i made uh back uh in in the fall for my laser day sale uh that you know went on over at gotcha. but uh anyway lost my train of thought. we were talking about something uh i don't know don't remember where yeah all right let's move on so we're watching video right now of your uh your raceways and the last time we uh, we spoke uh, right. Adam on the uh, on the live stream. It was November of two thousand and uh, and twenty. So I don't know, man. It looks like you've got more uh, more corals in the raceways than the last time we uh, we spoke. You've have, have you um, <clears throat> made any changes to your uh, systems since the last time we spoke? Is there any major differences in terms of uh, equipment that you're using now? Lighting, you know, um, nutrient export. I know you didn't really have anything specifically uh, that you were using for nutrient export other than I think protein skimmers and that was about it. And, and the corals doing a lot of the, uh, the work as well. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm always kind of tweaking. I mean, it seems like I'm always kind of tweaking something. I, I like to play musical skimmers a lot and, you know, switch things out and around. Uh, I think the last time we talked, I, I was running, uh, uh, outside air to, to the skimmer. I think we kind of talked about that for a little while. Yep. Uh, I've since taken that off, um, just almost to an experiment to see if anything changed. And, and of course, pH remained you know, pretty much steady. And, and I know another thing we talked a lot about were, though, uh, was that uh, the heat yes. recovery. Yes, and I picked up one because of the and, uh, conversation uh, we had, awesome. and I love it. <laughs> right, right. And I, yeah, it's Miracle Box. But, uh, you know, having run that, uh, I don't think uh, the need for the outside air uh, seemed, that didn't seem like I needed after that. So 
you know, one thing I, I've dedicated, uh, what I'm kind of doing is I'm compressing uh, mother colony tanks, you know, and kind of clustering those and I'm, and I'm opening up, uh, well, all, I don't know if even I had all the racers full. I think there was still one uh, tank that, mm-hmm. it, that wasn't, uh, didn't even have water yeah. at that point last time we talked. Uh, and for the record, the tanks are about 48 inches uh, by 11 foot. Um, about 12 inches is high, um, and 12 inches high, and I've got six of them up there. So uh, as of now, three of them are fully dedicated to frag. Three of them were dedicated. Uh, I had mother colonies under halide, LED, and uh, you know T5, as I have listed on the site. But uh, as I said, I'm, I'm slowly compressing. Uh, what you can see now actually is my halide tank, and I've added some LEDs uh, on the outside of it too, just to fill in some of the, the shadier gaps, and so I could cram more corals into the <laughs> side. Uh, giving me uh, a whole one, a whole nother raceway. If you look at this uh, on this video, the two tanks on the right that you couldn't see uh, are going to be in a, eventually going to be frag tanks as well. So I've kind of taken down uh, colonies and in in place of frag, essentially to, just so I can have more frags. Um, my simple reef, uh, Adam. I'm still waiting on my fairy food frag, and that's the million dollar frag, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I hear about that a lot. You know, I mean, it's it's a joke. You know, it's funny. I mean, I look at that, and and uh, and the picture itself, like, kind of comes from a time before blue lights at all. And this is just something I've kind of been pondering. And uh, and it's really not even that impressive. Like by today's standards, like you know, some of these rainbow tenues is really blowed out of the water. Uh, but I can appreciate that. You know, this the the picture is from you know maybe 2012, 2013, uh, a time when blue lights really weren't. Uh, Nearly, I mean, as prominent, yeah. I don't even know if, I mean, LEDs had just kind of barely hit the scene. So, uh, you know, it was, and, and back then I really took, I, I kind of prided myself on, on, you know, as accurately, you know, unembellished photos as I could. Uh, it still turned out very cool, but uh, I mean, it's a joke, obviously. You know, I'm not going to sell any coral for a million dollars. Do I even have any more? Who knows? You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's kind of the big question. Uh, I'm not saying yes, I'm not saying no, but uh uh, it's kind of interesting to me to look at some of these pictures that uh, you know, people are kind of crazy about. And uh, by today's standards, like don't really uh, like from a, a photographic sense uh, are kind of unflattering. Yeah. I guess that's kind of what I'm trying to say. Um, or, or almost to the extent that people, I mean, if you got into the hobby within the last five years, like you don't, you didn't experience like the before right. of that. You know, I mean, there's, there's no element of like, Oh, what does it look like under daylight? Like that's not a thing because that's it in the last like five years, like it's, it's kind of been blue light, you know, it's blue light special all, all around the board. In fact, that's what I was talking about when we talked, we were talking about that laser mill and how I take, uh, you can take a coral. Uh, I'm trying to represent how they look under daylights too. Uh, and most of those tenues just look terrible. Right. I mean, we can all agree, uh, you know, laser melon especially looks awesome under blue. Uh, looks pretty average to like, in fact, I had the coral a long time before I, I really even gave it, I didn't really care about it. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, blue lights came around and, and it was like, oh, you know, yeah, I, impressive. I don't, I don't get the whole blue light thing. You know, um, I'm, I'm a tried and true um, metal halide guy, but I have, um, I think since we last spoke, I, um, I don't know if I told you, I set up a new peninsula. I, so are you, are you still running well, halides I, uh, I am on my 187 gallon system, but on my new um, 225 gallon peninsula, I do have uh, LEDs, a GHL uh, Mitra's uh, LEDs, and I'm digging them. Man. I, l- I like them a lot. You know, I'm getting some good colors and growth under them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't. Uh, I mean, I go back and forth, but you know, at the end of the day, you can't. I mean, LEDs work now. I mean, they really do, and there's little trade offs, you know, with, with all three of them. But 
you know, I'm sure, uh, I, I know we talked about this a little bit last time too, but I'm, I've got about nine uh, Iwasaki's left. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I've been getting about two, maybe three years out of the ball. I'm, I'm running them like pretty much until they burn out. <laughs> and uh, so I figure I've got at least three, maybe six years worth of uh, like those halides left. And, and when, I, when I'm out of Iwasaki's, I will probably switch over and, uh, you know, and be done with halides at that point. Still, the ways wait, off. When, but, you, when, you, uh, when you when you get you know, when you get to the work. onto the uh, onto the brink there. So a uh, couple of shout outs. Thank you, Rob, upstate New York, for that super chat. The comment is keep up these shows. <laughs> I thank you very much for that. And my simple reef. Thank you uh, so much for the super chat. Tell Adam Geo from Key West says hi. <laughs> hey man, how's it going? So um, Josh Cole. Made the comment, but I think um, we already talked the fact that you you do have some halides. The uh, the question was, have you converted to all LEDs? Um, you have a lot of the reef breeders, but uh, you not uh, not totally yet, right? No, I mean I'm still running all three. I've got a T5 tank, and uh, and my whole backup system uh, is T5. Even I've got kind of a secondary backup system, uh, not nearly as big, but uh, no, I've got the one I've got the one main raceway that you could see in the video was the tank with all the live rock that's lit by uh, four 250 uh, Iwasakis. And I said I kind of added the, the reefer LEDs on the side, but uh, ultimately that's been a primary highlight halide tank. Uh, you know, since I set the whole system up, you know, back in like 2016. All right. So. So um, I still want to talk about lighting, but I got a couple of uh, coral-specific questions for you that I want to get in here. One from me and one from um, Bert Minshew. Cool. Uh, my question is: so we were talking about the name game, and and um, I, you know, I, I've been in this hobby for a very long, long time, and you, you has uh, you have as well. And um, so I'm more into the classic SPS in terms of the names. You know, I love the uh, Oregon Blue Tort. I love the Tyree mm -hmm. Purple Monster. Um, you know, I love the, right. uh, Tyree pink lemonade and all that stuff. So I kind of like gravitate to those names and I'm, I have a hard time grasping some of the, uh, the new stuff, but, um, so give, given all totally. of the, um, I don't want to call them like old school coral names out there, but, um, mm -hmm. given what you know, in terms of what's out there, in terms of those named corals that, you know, have been around for a long time with your collection, um, what are you missing that you would really want to add to your collection? Or is there anything that's missing from that collection that you would love to have? Oh, from the good old or days? Or just even the, or, 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 or in, general, in yeah. general. Oh, well, it was funny because I was just talking to someone about this just this past week. Uh, but there are many corals that I wish I still had from back in the day. I mean, I'm sure any of us that have been around, you know, kind of doing this, hit the 10-year, 15-year mark. Uh, I don't know really what happened to them all. You know, I'm thinking about it. You know, like some guy, asked, he, I was asked about that just this last week and uh, kind of asked about what legacy corals I have. And I had to really think and, and uh, not many anymore. I mean, I can think of a couple like the shape, you know, some old Atlantis pieces and, you know, some old Tyre, a lot of Montes, a lot of the Tyree Montes. But uh, <laughs> I had an old one, the old uh, ORA German yes. blue polyp was a classic piece. And I think like, I got uh, I got that up in, at the Rhinelander facility back in like we took a trip up there back in like 2007 I think, and uh, and that was right around the time like I started selling on uh, Recentral. I mean like selling frags mm -hmm. and this sort of thing. And uh, within like a year or two, I think like I think I might because I, I think like Kevin might have lost his. I, I think there was, at one point I was like the primary like supplier of the ORA German blue polyp, and like tons of people had it and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, and I think we all kind of lost them at the same time because I've had a lot of people ask me, I guess it's been a while now, but uh, that was one that people kind of remembered. And, uh, you know, it was a green pile of green coral with blue piles, but uh, it kind of had a special place in my heart, I think. But 
you know, the thing is like, I've, I've never stopped collecting. I mean, I'm kind of in a constant like state of hyper collecting and uh, you know, wherever, you know, whatever the sources may be like wild Indos or, you know, uh, you know, Australian stuff or uh, even just trades from, you know, my friends, like the, the, the collecting hasn't slowed down at all. So like reminiscing about pieces that I don't have anymore versus like what's coming in and, and kind of what's, what's in store. Uh, actually, I'll let you know a little secret. <laughs> There's quite a bit of, you know, I didn't have it the heart. I didn't have it in my heart to like make a gallery or best of section mm-hmm. on the site, you know, because uh, a lot of stuff I know is, is out there and I can get it back. But there's quite a few pieces that I don't have anymore that are gone. I mean, like they, I know some friends I could probably get backups. But uh, uh, if I took them all off the site, it might be a little depressing. <laughs> so <laughs> most of them are still on there. And, and like I said, if I know they're gone for good, you know, maybe I'll take it off. And there's a few uh, 3D spec. You know, that's one. And, uh, you know, there's a couple that are, that I'll never get back, but, uh, you know, tough question. I mean, there's a million pieces that I wish I had back for sure. But at the same time, like as I continue to collect, it just, and you know what divers and whoever like does the actual collecting has really figured out what people like. I mean, like back in the day, you know, they don't, I don't think, I think they were collecting like things that were big, Yeah. you know, I mean, it wasn't really specific to, you know, any sort of like what people are looking for, interested or looking for. Uh, but that has changed tremendously, of course, with like Facebook and, you know, the Bali guys can look and see what, you know, the people in America want and going to spend, you know, tons of money on and then they can go and they can get it. <laughs> you know, or, you know what I mean? Like they're very much aware of what people want. And, 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 and I think it's actually a good thing for the hobby because it's like people, it's amazing stuff is happening. I mean, they're finding amazing corals. I mean, like a lot of spicosas these days. I don't know if that's how you pronounce that, but, uh, you know like the people who are collecting them have kind of wised up yeah. and, uh, and in turn, you know, us, the hobbyists are getting kind of reaping the benefits, you know, the benefits. So, of that. um, all right. You got another great comment about your background, YouTube reefer, awesome background, Adam. So, uh, see, you, you, you took my advice well, there, Adam, you know and, uh, uh, it, it's paying off. It's, it's paying off in spades. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, uh, another thing I added to the site was, uh, I started uh, a little page with, with a new upgrade, uh, selling prints. And this is something I kind of had on the back burner for years. And, you know, my mom had printed up a couple, you know, just for like a Christmas present for me a long time ago. And, uh, so I took some of my best pictures and some of the ones that I like the most and have offered them as like a print. It's actually on the, it's a battle print. Anyway, uh, you can buy this. All right. You, you, can, you can buy that. It's called Laser Girl, and it's on the site. I don't know, 100 bucks or something. I might have uh, to but, add it to uh, my next order. Yeah, you know, it, <laughs> I, I've got one upstairs. Actually, it's upstairs in, uh, in the fish room, so right next to my little owl thing. But, uh, you know, along with a lot of other, uh, you know, a little bit nicer, you know, going through all my pictures, like any one that kind of stands out as something that, like, <laughs> seems worthy, uh, I've, I've turned into a print. And you can buy them and put them on Beautiful. your wall. Beautiful. Um, but, you know, but Laser so, Girl. So, um... <laughs> Cores for you is asking a question, and uh, I was about to ask you this question, but there's um there's a lot of buzz around uh, out there today in terms of the uh, rainbow splice coral, and uh, so cores for you is wondering what's Adam's thought on all the new splice acros. You know, is is that uh, do you have the rainbow splice? Uh, you growing that out? Do you want do you want I, that? I don't. I don't. I- uh, you know, I am familiar with it. You know, uh, I don't have it. That's like, it's a repress piece, right? Kind of like pink with some, yes. kind of like a grafted yeah. piece of sort of sort. Um, you know, I mean, there's always going to be like the one that everybody wants, you know, and, uh, at this moment in time, you know, that's, I guess that's it, you know, but, uh, it's hard, like, it's hard to propagate specific pieces like that, 
And I mean, like from a from a business perspective, I guess maybe that is why people charge a fortune for stuff like that because you know you only have a, a very limited amount of it, you know, in that in those regards. But uh, you know, I've never been one to like hop on, you know, the like I don't have a Walt Disney. <laughs> I don't. I well, guess now I, it's, I now it's like a classic, so you, you should probably get one of those. <laughs> right, right, and that's usually how it goes for me. I mean, I'll get I'll get them in trades. You know, I don't really seek out stuff as much as I used to. That's for sure. Uh, most of my most of the stuff comes from my buddy Tim uh, in Ohio. Tim Tim Harmon who has who, done that. Yeah, Tim swap. Harmon who we've right, we've, right, we've talked. Buddy. Yeah, we've, we've uh, had him on the um, show. Um, I, I I just got excellent, excellent. Actually, yeah, that's funny. I think on the last one, and I'm I'm going to bust you here, but on the last one, you uh, showed some videos, and it was actually of Tim's. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That was with Carlos, uh, Coral, uh, Carlos and Coral. Yeah. Like he showed some system uh, pictures and it was. Tim oh, really? <laughs> like while we were doing that, while we were doing the interview. Yeah, and I just kind of rolled with it. But, Oops. but uh, you know, Tim knew anyway. Um, you know, I, I guess I've never really jumped on the latest and greatest. But if I can get them, you know, I sir, I'm not. I'll certainly I'll take anything I can get. I mean, no doubt about it. So uh, but I probably won't be paying 800 bucks. For yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of hard for me to swallow. Um, Although. I, I did. I speaking of Tim, I guess one more thing. I did just get a draw uh, draw dropper, uh, refresh oh. draw dropper. So I, I did get a piece of that, Tim. And uh, you know, so you know, only about five years <laughs> late, but I did get a piece of that, which is very cool. I mean, I, there was a time where I didn't really buy into it, but uh, it's yeah. Cool. It's I cool. uh, I picked up the home wrecker a couple of years ago, so that was a little late <laughs> to the party as well. But um, you know, it's actually I think it's worthy of it, the uh, the hype because it's uh, it's I have it under uh, you know halides and also my LEDs, but even like under daylight, man, the thing just is rocking. Looking good. I've had three of them. Really? And I killed them all. Hmm. I couldn't uh, I, I couldn't keep it alive. I don't know why. I mean, I think a couple of times it might have been a system fluke, but uh, yeah, from Tim is again. I got three of him on three different occasions. And I mean that was a long time ago now even, but uh, I don't have it. I don't have a message. Um, so, <laughs> but again, another good example, of kind of yeah. a flavor of the day, though. I mean that's certainly you know. How so, it goes uh, about. getting to Bert, uh, Bert's question: What is um, what is your favorite tenuous um, Adam that you have ever seen or uh, w would like to have one day? <laughs> I guess uh, kind of back to that. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of them now and, you know, there, there's so many different variations that are super similar that I don't, I, I don't know. Like maybe if I'm just going to kind of uh, cop out, like just a classic super solid blue, I guess I could really appreciate that. But I mean, like the subtle, it's almost like zoanthids with tenuouses. I mean, like a million different zoanthids that like this one just has a little different uh, stripe on one of the skirt things. You know, the rainbow tenuouses seem to be just about in, in line like that. I mean, like, they're very similar. Lots of them I've seen that are, you know, pretty close, but not exactly the same. Uh, to pick just one without just saying rainbow tenuous, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I could really pick it out. Good question, though, but, man, I'll have to think a little bit harder I, about um, that, I guess. <laughs> I actually have the um, the Tyree Superman tenuous, which I, 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 I had that a long time ago, and I lost a piece, but then I picked up another piece from Tim, and... Um, that's a pretty cool piece. The blue one. The yeah. blue one. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's really yeah. Cool. That's a really cool. Totally. One. Totally. Like just 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 a classic like super 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 deep blue. In fact, I think Tim got that from me. Oh, really? Show. And uh, I don't I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. We we've been trading for years, but but uh, yeah. I mean, that's a good example. Something a little more like, you know, not. It's funny to say like run of the mill, but rainbow. It's tenuous, different. But you know, I mean, kind of like. Well, kind of like what I was saying, like the divers, I mean, they're, they're onto that. So, I mean, it's, 
like they that's that's what they're finding that's what they're bringing in and you know as like vendors that's what we're that's what's available to us are you, you know no no complaints are you finding a, a less demand for blue corals because people have more, are running more blue lights in their tanks and you, and the blues just don't stand out in blue uh, lit tanks or um yeah that's a good yeah that's a that's a really good question uh yeah you know it's a funny thing i you know when you know, most of the time, like I would get most of my feedback on like what people like uh, what, in, in battle boxes, because you know it, it's uh, it's uh, an option that I have where I essentially pick out. If you're not familiar with it, I pick out the coral for you. You can uh, buy different uh, you know dollar values in different quantities, and uh, you know I'll usually send like a blanket email like you know thanks for the order so, so on and so forth. Uh, if you have any preferences, you know please let me know. And you know now that I think about it, uh, you know blue is not is is not is not picked out very often. I mean, I've got a couple of really nice blues, but, uh, but I think you're right about that. I mean, they certainly, that is one coral that has suffered <laughs> in, uh, you know, in the blue light craze for sure. I mean, I, I can say, well, I think one sure. of my top, my, like yeah, my, I think my top coral top two, maybe top three is the Oregon blue tort. Uh, you know, there's some, there's nothing more blue than that yeah. coral solid uh, blue. I mean, when you see it under full yeah. spectrum lighting, man, it just rocks. And, um, I don't know, but, that's did you ever run uh speaking of halides uh the old reflux 10k no. bulb it was mad it was a magical bulb and no no bulb other bulb did this i think they they marketed it as like a i think that's like a true 10k or something but it did something to blues it that was just amazing and like to this day i've never seen the same effect like the 12k and even like any other 10k like no no other 10k did this and any, anyone who ever used i don't know which camera i'm looking at uh, whoever used the old reflux 10k knows what I'm talking about, but it would take that coral and turn it into this glowing blue, like magical thing. And almost any blues, particularly like I'm talking about old classics, like the Palmer's blue and that sort of stuff, uh, did magical things. Maybe I would love to see if someone could chime in, uh, anyone who had ever used the old reflux 10k, uh, not the greatest bald. I mean, I'm not going to go there, but it did this magical thing, uh, to blues, specifically yeah. blue, like didn't, you know, flesh the colors, but, uh, kind of like if if you knew what I was talking about, you you would definitely understand. Um, I don't even know if you can get them anymore, but I I would say like if you have a, a are you are you running mogul bulbs? Or yeah, no? I am. Maybe consider tracking one down just for fun and uh, and plug it in and, and you yeah can maybe see what one I'm of my frag about. tanks. I mean we we turned we turned the clock back about you know 15 years here, but but uh, uh, it was amazing wow. what it did for blue. Okay. Kind of like the exact opposite of like what's happening today but anyway it kind of went off um there, but. all right so a couple more uh questions there for you uh adam oh yeah peter t smash that like button yeah folks um just make sure you hit the uh the like button so more people can find the uh the stream so um adam question about where you keep your mm -hmm. nutrients at <laughs> great question i mean I, you know i guess i have this conversation with people from time to time uh i am not strict uh when it comes to like testing and and this sort of thing uh you know i have a couple nitrate tests that i mean if something seems off you know maybe i'll, I'll pull it out but uh i get my most the most information i get on uh, nutrients is when i uh send in a triton test and uh there's a really good uh phosphorus and phosphate you know at the very bottom of the test and uh you know, it's usually right where it needs to be. I don't even know what the numbers are. If that tells you anything, I'm not, I don't even know. <laughs> I guess short answer, I have no idea, but I know that I don't like to have them bare. And, and, uh, and as far as the, the, uh, uh, the Triton is concerned, it's never been off the charts unless, except for like when the system was doing that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, I'm definitely in the camp where, uh, 
little nutrients is certainly not a bad thing. And, and, uh, you know, I guess it's a balance. I don't have a ton of fish, so I'm not really fighting, you know, like nutrient buildup that I think a lot of other people with like smaller tanks might, uh, experience. But, uh, you know, I've always been into like nutrients aren't our enemy right. camp, you know, for, for many years, even back like when it was like, it, they were our enemies, you know, uh, and it didn't really. So you, it. um, I can't recall. You do regular water changes to uh, kind of like help manage nutrients and skimming. and. I do. I I still do. I mean, even my main system is about 1,200 gallons now. And uh, I got a big old 300-gallon kind of trophy thing up there. And at least once a month, I try to do about a 100-gallon water change. I mean, give or take. You know, a lot of times when I uh, get new coral, I end up having to siphon a, a couple buckets. Where, I mean, like I, I kind of get like – default water i mean very small but kind of more regular water changes when i get new coral uh you know 5 10 15 20 gallons at a time and uh, that's probably the most regular that i do but i still like to do uh like a a good good old-fashioned 100 gallon uh you know in the main the backup system which is doing wonderful uh oddly enough uh doesn't get nearly the attention uh that it should i don't remember the last time i did a water change in the backup system but it's doing quite well well it must be on autopilot (laughs) But well, there's like one fish in there. I mean, it's it is kind of on autopilot. So as far as that goes, like very little, you know, like very little goes in, and and you know, not. Uh, you know, somebody asked a question in terms of, um, you know, how uh, on top of, um, you know, your monitoring, your your alkalinity and all that stuff. You used to have an alkalinity monitor, right? But then you took it offline because it was a pain in the ass to uh, maintain. Or is that still the case? Uh, yeah, I, I did. But you know, it wasn't even that much of a pain in the butt. Uh, it was a little. Yeah, maybe I got a little lazy, but yeah, I had uh, I got the KH Guardian right when it came out. Like when I set up the system upstairs, that was the first thing I kind of had plugged in and, and online, uh, and it was definitely uh, I mean reliable. It, it, like at no point did I think like I wasn't getting the right measurements or anything like that. Uh, I didn't. I was always afraid to flush the like the reagent back in. They say it's reef safe and you could just flush it right back into the into the tank, but I I was always kind of cautious about that. So I had a little reservoir for that. And it was a little high maintenance to uh, drain that. Like every couple of days, I had to drain like the like the the residual kind of uh, uh, titrator fluid or solution or whatever. Uh, other than that, I guess I can't. I'm trying to think of why I took it down. I think I just took it down to clean it. <laughs> never put it back up. I never set it back up. <laughs> I kind of pulled one of those, but it was just the kind of thing. And that's actually I've kind of been thinking about putting that on the backup. It, it would be perfect for the backup system that is kind of an autopilot actually, but. You know, I got I've gotten so used to testing just with Sally Furt. You know, I test once in the morning and once at night, and it just it's it's like such a part of my day that it, like it's I could do it in my so you probably do, but you know, it's you're, like, you, you're using the Sally Furt for alkalinity, and um, are you um, calcium magnesium at all, or not, rarely? <laughs> you know, again, I generally don't. I mean, I can't remember the last time I tested calcium or magnesium, but uh, but again. Every once in a while, and I don't, I send in a Triton maybe a couple times wow. a year, and if I ever have something that looks off or I think I got a problem, I'll send one in immediately. But you know, generally maybe three, four Tritons a year at the most. Uh, that is when I get my snapshot of some of those other uh, uh, parameters like calcium and magnesium. And it's usually close enough to where uh, I don't really have to, con- you know, like I'm, I'm not really that concerned about it as far as that goes. Uh, Elkinding, on the other hand, uh, extremely anal about it, you know, and I've seen the damage yep. that can you know, kind of be caused by, you know, swings and that sort of thing. So, 
uh, you know, like I would consider that to be probably probably one of the most important parameters to be on top of. Uh, and uh, I don't, I can't remember. I think we talked about running a reactor. I think yeah. we kind of had this conversation. But you know, when you are using a reactor, you're kind of getting a balanced. Uh, you know, the effluent is balanced anyway. So if you know what your alk is, generally you have a good idea of what yeah, your yeah, alk yeah, calcium yeah. is. Anyway. Um, okay, question for you in terms of the ICP tests, and I've had a some guests on recently that have talked a lot about potassium and um i never really thought about potassium personally you know all the years i've been keeping reef tanks i've never mm -hmm. been too concerned about it i do the icp test like a couple of uh you know a year and i look down the uh the chart and mm -hmm. if i see something like that's like yellow or red or whatever then i get concerned but potassium's always been kind of like a little bit below the green like 350 right. ish or 360 and, um, you know, according to the folks mm -hmm. that, um, you know, really do pay a lot of attention to uh, potassium, you know, they like to keep their tanks over 400 in terms of the potassium. Is that something that um, you're um, right. kind of tuned into a little bit when you're looking at the ICP test or not, not really? Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely pay attention to potassium only because I am aware of it. You know, it was, again, probably about 10 years ago when I think uh, like Sally Ford actually um, – released the the potassium it was like a new it was like a new product like right. potassium kit all of a sudden was available and we all started testing potassium of course and there were tie-ins that you know maybe higher potassium affects uh sps color i don't i don't know exactly how uh how scientific any of that that is uh i don't know that i mean i've added potassium i know that uh menard uh, really old school reefer. Uh, they had an insanely nice tank, you know, back in the day. Like some of the first acros ever had came from him. Uh, crashed his tank dosing potassium. And this is still a long time ago now, but uh, it was the kind of thing where he uh, was he, he added some and things started looking great, and he added a little more and things started looking better, and then he added a little more, and then everything kind of went downhill. And uh, you know, I guess it's kind of be careful, be careful with stuff like that. You know, I, I think that to, to answer your question. Yeah, I definitely zero in on the potassium only, you know, when I'm looking at the Triton results. Uh, but is it something that uh, goes any further than that for me? Uh, not so much. I do know every once in a while I may add a few drops of Lugals, you know, which is like potassium right. iodine. And uh, so there may be, a, you know, I may be kind of in, indirectly adding a little bit here and there. But uh, I've never had uh, an issue that I could say was directly related to low or high potassium. And, you know, after Menard's horror story, I never really uh, started dosing it myself either. So good question. But I, I kind of remember like when that happened, like when potassium was all of a sudden a thing. And, you know, I kind of I mean, a lot of those things I, I kind of I mean, I don't pay a ton yeah. of attention to it at the end of the day. Like if things are looking good, you know, if it ain't broke. Don't yeah, no, that's been kind of like my philosophy, too. But, um, you know, in terms of talking to a lot of folks that uh, seem to keep a keen eye on potassium, that's a. Uh, Kind of got me thinking at uh, in, in terms mm -hmm. of keeping um, a more uh, you know closer eye on that stuff. What um what salt do you use? Ah, that's a good question. And <laughs> I'm gonna just back up for one uh, one second though. Uh, one thing that uh, just one other parameter that I have paid a little more attention to uh, is iodine, oddly <clears> enough. <throat> and uh, and it's probably the only thing that I do add. The only bottled product that I do add based on. Um, Triton kits that I do get back where it shows literally zero iodine. I don't know if that's that that happens to me all the time. Uh, but I can't say for yeah. So I mean I don't know if it's if it's skimmer or something. I know that when I add it and get another test from Triton, it's it it shows up on the test. That, you know, like it's when I'm adding it, it, you know, it's going somewhere. And I but I don't know where. Uh, but I will say that that like way more so than uh, potassium. Like I've noticed that if my iodine is zero, 
uh, when I boosted, things seemed a little happier. I mean, totally generically uh, way to say, but uh, like zero iodine versus any sort of potassium fluctuation would maybe something I would tell people to look right. at a little bit closer. Anyway, I'm sorry. Can you read Yes, your the, uh, question? the question was the uh, salt brand you're using. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, and the reason I kind of hesitated, uh, I've been using Tropic Marin for, you know, going on, you know, 15, uh, it might even be 20 years now, but uh, just recently, I mean, I don't know if there's a thread on uh, Reef, uh, Tarif about some, like some of the Tropic Marin I mean, I haven't delved too far into it, but the, the, the gist seems like there may be some Tropic Marin that uh, there may be mm. some issues with. And again, I don't know. It's kind of hearsay and, and some people have some problems with it. Uh, oddly enough, I just bought, I've been waiting for the call. I usually get about a pallet uh, at a time and, and I use the Marine mix, not the Tropic or not the, not the Pro mix. Uh, I've been waiting for the call uh, from my supplier to get another pallet. And, uh, and, and I haven't gotten it yet. So I've actually had to buy, you know, just from bulk reef to get, you know, by the box. And I do have, I did get the turkey, you know, I've got it. And, I, and I've actually ended up using some uh, this before any of that no. came, came to light back uh, in, in early fall. Didn't have any issues with the tank. So, I mean, I don't really know. Uh, again, it seems I'm not very educated on what's going on with all this. But it seems, and I don't want to, like, start, you know, bad-mouthing yeah. uh, Tropic Marin. It seems like maybe something quirky going on with a, with a batch or two. Uh, it hasn't stopped me from using it, <laughs> you know, and when I get the call, I'm sure I'll get another pallet. But, uh, but as of right now, at this particular moment in time, there seems to be something going on. And, and Lou, uh, is, is, is involved with the thread. He's like the, the, the head of distribution or something, uh, in America. So it's, it's something that's uh, being looked at and addressed, but, uh, I don't know. I'm sure some people may chime in. The thread was kind of going wild there for a little while, but, uh, short answer, Tropic Marin Classic. And I don't see any reason to change unless, you know, I'm really convinced that there's a serious problem that they have. With yeah, the you know, I had um, so. uh, Mark Levinson on last week's uh, show, and he actually had a tank crash mm -hmm. due to a, um, a, a major deficiency in potassium in the, um, in the salt uh, mix. And, and I, for, the, I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the, uh, the salt mix, so maybe if somebody remembers that, they could chime in in terms of that uh, salt mix. I think I saw, I think I, I saw his, like his video yeah. diary when that was kind of going on. It was, it was real sad. I mean, this was kind of back maybe five, yeah. six months ago, I think. But, um, I remember tuning in a little bit and it was like, I mean, I know the feeling cause I've, I've, I've been in those, I've been there myself, but, uh, like heartbreaking, mm -hmm. you know, just, you know, white colonies and tissue. Which, which, on, but, uh, so that turned out to be, and he didn't know what it was though. Actually, that was the last time I had tuned in. It was. The yeah. Salt, though, and huh? you know, the, 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 the scary so thing to me is uh -huh. that, um, you you really don't know it, you know, because it's a salt in, in terms of like what's going on right. with the systems. But, you know, what scares me is like, uh, you know, you, you, you talk about a backup system. I've got two systems. But if you're using the same salt for everything and you're doing water changes on both systems and the salt is uh, there's a problem with the salt, then you got a problem with both systems. So that's uh, sort of a scary thing to me. Right. And right. Um, yeah, it makes me think. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. In fact, one of the reasons why I really like having the backup system is because it gives you kind of a barometer for any any of those kind of global issues that could be like if. It's, and the th thing is, salt is low hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. Like when things go wrong, like salt is the first thing yeah. people try to blame. And uh, and I think like way more often than not, it's not the salt. But you know, every once in a while, it is the salt, and it, you know, it's unfortunate. But you know, having a backup system gives you. I mean, it's the kind of thing where like if it's happening in both systems, then you know it's more of a global thing, like salt. 
or a, you know, something that you could, you, you know, it's a little easier to troubleshoot when you've got two things you can kind of uh, relate to more of a global uh, quirk. But, you know, tough thing. I mean, to think that you've got all this invested in, and, and I mean, you just have to trust that you have to trust that the salt is good. There's no other, I mean, you can't really measure it against anything else. You just, you know, we kind of put our blind faith in, in, in the hopes that, you know, there's never going to be a problem with the salt. And you know, unfortunately it does yeah. seem like there are. Uh, thanks Valhalla for uh, chiming in. Levinson used aqua vitro brand salt. So that's, um, that's what happened. Well, oh, well, Oh, aqua aqua vitro. Okay, aqua yeah, I'm not even familiar. Is that how it's pronounced? Aqua, aqua vitro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that sucks. I mean, that's that's real. I mean, I remember seeing those videos. Like he had that video diary, and and uh, it's just like scratching your head. Like like I said, I've been there. It is the worst that you can like the worst thing a reaver can go through. And I mean, there's more things in life. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but like when you have things like that happening and you don't know why, it is the worst. I mean, by all means, like you know, I, I hear from a lot of people that have equipment failures and you know, things and things like that. And I, and I always tell them like, listen, be thankful. I mean, this sucks and I feel bad for you, but be thankful that you right. know what it was because when you don't know and you months, months go by and like stop dying, you can't figure it out. Uh, it is just draining. I mean, it's absolutely deflating and it just, it's like the worst kind of thing you can really deal with versus like, Oh, my thing happened. And now, and I know what the cause is like a bunch of stuff died, but at least I know, you know, it was because of this or that, uh, you know, scratching your head. I did a thread about that. Like, uh, or I did a, a write about that quite a few years back, but uh, something about, I don't remember the title, but kind, kind of uh, explaining my my psychosis, my personal psychosis that I go through, like when, when I'm dealing with that kind of stuff. I hear you. And uh, yeah. it sucks. I mean, long, it, it is debilitating. Uh, hey, shout out to Stories Reaper Rashid. Thank you, man, for the uh, for the super chat. Really, really appreciate that. Um, yeah, folks, keep um, keep putting your questions in the chat and we'll do our best to, uh, to get to them. I have um, one... Um, Back here, uh, Adam, that was asked a long a, a while back by uh, by Clem, and it's related to uh, pH. So we were talking about the uh, the heat exchange unit or air exchange unit and all that stuff. But the um, question is, uh, you know, what are your thoughts in terms of the importance of pH in in terms of um, for for SBS? <laughs> Good question. Good question. And uh, a lot more. I put a lot more uh, um, you know credence into pH than I than I used to for sure. Like it was a parameter that I just kind of. Uh, didn't pay attention to at all until one day I, I did. And, uh, and you know, a long time, my tanks ran low, you know, especially cause you know, when you run a reactor, it's going to run on the low side. But I mean, I was like seven, six, pretty much, you know, maybe seven, eight, uh, you know, at midday, you know, not never, never getting even close to in the eighth. And, uh, and I think my system suffered for years. Like it never, I mean, my growth was slow and things like that. Uh, I, since I got the ventilation, you know, I've focused a lot on ventilation. We talked about this a lot in the last one, but uh, and I focused a lot on ventilation and, uh, and it has made a huge difference. And I will say noticeably, uh, growth is better. When your pH is higher, growth is better. Acros like higher pH, uh, that I'm absolutely sure of. And, uh, you know, if you think, you know, as a hobbyist, you're experiencing slow growth or, uh, you know, anything along those lines and your pH is low, that would be the first thing that I would uh, address for sure. And, you know, there's a couple of different ways to do it, but fresh air, man, like, those those heat recovery ventilators, you know, maybe maybe not an option for everyone in like a residential, you know, fish, you know, in, in a house, but any way you can introduce fresh air into the room uh, will benefit the pH. Like I am convinced well, of that. Uh, yeah, when we're talking about it on the show, you uh, you put a bug in my head 
And, um, you know, I, I actually went ahead and uh, purchased one of those uh, commercial grade uh, air exchange units. And man, that was like one of the best things I had ever done because, you know, I, um, I, you know, I think I mentioned to you during the show, I have all my tanks in a basement, finished basement here in Vermont. And when it's cold out in the wintertime, the windows are shut tight. So, um, you know, running calcium reactors and all that stuff, pH gets depressed. And, um, you know, the, um, the air exchange unit basically boosted my pH by like 0.2 pH points, which is a big jump you know that's right. significant oh it's, it's huge it's huge and uh i would imagine that if you had any issues with humidity it's probably not uh you're probably not experiencing that either uh as far as that i mean they're miracle boxes for humidity as well like i you can't see it but uh if i had my if you could see the actual background behind me is my big high e dry uh you know big super fancy dehumidifier that i realized that i don't need any more upstairs at all uh and I finally took it down just about a month ago. I was kind of waiting for some really cold weather just to see if I could, you know, if I would need it at all. Turns out I don't. So between that and uh, a little bit of the furnace upgrade, uh, I I don't need my dehumidifier at all for what it's worth. So as far as that goes, uh, there's so many benefits to those HRVs. I can go on and on, but I'm glad you, I know at the last, like kind of the last like section of our talk, we kind of started going on about those. And uh, even when the, when the actual chat ended, we continued the conversation quite a bit. And uh, I'm glad, like pretty much that's how it goes for anyone that, that I've kind of had the conversation with. Like it definitely is like this little miracle box. I mean, like for reefers and, and the things that we need, it facilitates that really well you know, in a kind yeah, of wonderful way and very efficient as well compared to like a dehumidifier that just sucks tons of the right. collective. The only like, you know, negative I see in the, um, in the winter time, you know, here is like when it's freezing, freezing cold out. You know that cold air is getting exchanged, you know, through the uh, the room, so it does, you know, kind of cool things down a little bit. Um, so oh, I have to sure. I have to be careful about that. But um, yeah, I tried a whole bunch of things. I, you know, I tried running a uh, an airline tube from the from the skimmer intake, you know, um, <clears throat> outside that didn't work. I um, you know I, I I tried a whole bunch of different things and and uh, nothing really worked like the uh, the air exchange unit but um you know there are things right. i guess you can right. do uh in terms of like dripping the calcium reactor effluent into the skimmer pump to help um you know increase the uh the aeration sure. and and help sure. degas the co2 you know that's that's definitely one thing that i also right. do that i think has helped right right and, and at least in kind of a a fast moving right. area i mean just you know not a stag area get it kind of turned up uh yeah for sure i mean between that, you know, and I did run, uh, I think to, to be effective with the air, outside air, you really need a massive skimmer. I mean, I think like with a, a typical skimmer on a typical system, it's just not enough to really affect it significantly. I mean, you may see a tiny, right. tiny uptick, but, but uh, you know, Kalkwasser, uh, I don't know if that's how you pronounce that either, but uh, very yes. effective at, you know, elevating pH. I'm not a huge fan, uh, you know, like like the functionality of it, I, I I think it can run into problems, you know, because it's not a very consistent way of, of you know, of uh, supplementing. But if you had it, I mean, I guess you could put it on a pump. There's, I'm sure there's ways that it could be done uh, that would help. I, um, uh, if you had like I, a uh, yeah, I had uh, Chris Meckley on. I don't know if you know Chris from ACI Aquaculture. He's a uh, coral, coral, big coral wholesaler down in, in Florida. And he turned me on to this method that he uh, has been using for a uh, cockwasser. And uh, I've been I've been implementing okay. it since the uh, the summertime I think. So basically, what it is is a uh, mm -hmm. it's a thirty gallon drum filled with uh, RODI water, okay. and I've got cockwasser in it. And I do not stir it. You know, I just let it. Um, you know, let the sediment settle. 
and and I have it. Um, I have a you know okay. my uh, my dosing pumps hooked up to it, and it's and it's dosing both tanks. So it's it's not you know tied into the RODI line. It's dosing you know as much as I right. can, and then the um, the auto top off is kind of kicking in to to make sure that everything is uh, at the level that it needs to be topped off at. But um, yeah, so it's great, and and uh, you know in a couple of weeks that that drum drains and. Um, I basically put some more cockwasser in there and fill it up with the RODI water. That mixes it up, you know, when I top it off with the RODI water. Right. And then right. I, you know, I keep the lid shut so I don't really get a lot of air going in that thing. And um, it's been, right. um, yeah, that's definitely helped as well. So it's it's not something where um, I have to worry about, I think, a um, you know, an, an overdosing of uh, cockwasser, the slurry getting in there. I know there's a whole bunch of people out there and, and we uh, we talked. It's, it's yeah. pretty forgiving. It's it's, it's it's pretty forgiving as far as that goes. Well, my question to you on that: Do you run? Uh, do you drip more at night, or do you anything like yes, that? Like, do you fluctuate? Yes, yes. I you um know? I only dose uh, on okay. the opposite of the uh, the light cycle, so uh, at night. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that's perfect. If if anything, I mean, that would serve to keep it. I mean, to almost keep it steady. I mean, if you could avoid. I mean, I, I think corals get kind of used to, but if you could actually avoid like the right. daily swing and keep even at night to keep it steady. I mean, that's kind of having your case. Right. Yeah. My, I mean. My, not bad. I mean, I've kind of experimented with that in the past, but never really, you know. Yeah, my pH is basically like an eight point sure. one low in the, um, you know, overnight, and then uh, eight four um, in one system, eight three in the other system. So it's it definitely right. helps in terms of like the air exchange right. unit, the cockwasser, and dripping the uh, the effluent into the um, to the skimmer pump. I think is definitely right. um, definitely helped me. But um, yep. so the question of the day then: Have you noticed any? Uh, positive effect coral then i mean anything you could specifically say absolutely this has been you know I, cause and effect. I think colors cool. and growth have definitely been improved you know certainly when i added in the air exchange yeah. unit I, yeah. I noticed a lot more growth on the uh, the acros which is what yeah. i was hoping for but uh, totally. it just seems like all the corals are really healthy and the system's mm -hmm. really good and and uh you know you you, you kind of like just want to knock on wood and uh Excellent. keep keep going on that roll but oh yeah you know, this is reef keeping <laughs> yeah no i i know that feeling well <laughs> Right, right. When things are going good, man, it, it is wonderful. There's no doubt about that. But, but uh, so if anything, you know, those HR, I mean, those those heat recovery ventilators is something that people should consider. I mean, if they think they're having any kind of problems, actually, it's not a bad thing to have in your house. I mean, period. It's not. A, it's a good way to introduce fresh air yes. into your house. You know, just to to to, to exist. But uh, you know, that would be definitely. Uh, it's kind of like the magic bullet for a lot of little kind of remedial uh menial uh tank issues like that i have found. so um stories reef is asking another um <clears throat> uh water testing question do you guys test your new salt water with trident before um adding to your tank so you know i guess uh there's trident out there that, <laughs> that measures a bunch of different parameters and um i can answer that question first for me you know the only thing that oh the tribe the, the, the yeah the i think Neptune, that he's I mean, talking like about that one um you know, okay. for me, I always just test um, uh, magnesium in my uh, when I mix up new salt, and and uh, yeah. you know now I might start testing potassium. I I don't know, but um, that's that's it for me. You know, and and right. selenium. I always make sure that I didn't like goof and forget to put the salt mix. Right, that's that's about yeah. it for me. So uh, that's about the same for you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, every once in a while, I may test alkalinity. I mean, just if I'm feeling feeling like it, but. Uh, you know, the, the salt mix, that's one thing I can say also about Tropic Merit. It's super consistent yeah. from batch to batch. So, you know, it's the same as it was 10 years ago. But, uh, 
No, I've got the little Milwaukee digital, uh, you know, refractometer, and uh, that's about all I've ever tested, you know, generally uh, of the of the salt mix. So, you know, again, knock on wood, but you know, I, I guess again, kind of the gun full circle. I kind of put my faith in in the in the fact that yeah. the salt is going to be what it was. Yeah, you know, last yeah, yeah. Time. Me, me too. So, um, I forgot to ask you this question. Uh, somebody was asking what actually you do keep your DKH at. What what uh, range do you like it at? Uh, you know, I've been pretty rock solid around 8.5. I mean, that seems to be the magic number for me. Um, you know, there's times where it dips a little bit and there's times where it goes above, but you know, I'd say 90% of the time I test, I'm right about 8.5, you know, and you know, it's kind of like, you know, elk is a little bit arbitrary, you know, I mean, that's what works for me. Uh, I, you know, the key is stability for sure. I mean, that's the one that I, I, I would always say. You know, that's the one you want to keep an eye on and, and pick a number and, and, you know, if stuff looks good, then that's just settle Let me, uh, let me ask you, you know? another question. I've had a lot of conversations with folks about dosing bacteria and that, that's actually something that I've been experimenting with since, um, since the summertime is, is that Maybe. something you've ever done in terms of your systems other than when you've started it? Have you ever dosed bacteria on, on established systems? <laughs> I, I, I never have. I mean, I actually never have once. And I know that that's, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of familiar with it, but, uh, no, I mean, I, I, I'm guessing like for starters, just to like get the, the cycle going. I mean, is that kind of the, right. the initial idea behind that? Or is it actually, well, are we talking about the, like kind of carbon the, dosing? No, I think or? the, um, well, my theory is, uh, I've talked about this before, is that reef keeping seems to have gotten a lot harder, I guess, if you let it um, get harder. And, and, um, and, and one of my theories is that the, yeah, one, one of my theories is that the equipment these days is so much more efficient than it was years ago like the skimmers are so powerful the filtration devices are are you know just super like pulling right. you know you got roller mats out there and all that stuff and it's just stripping stripping the right. water everything's right. just getting stripped out and uh you know so is good bacteria getting stripped out along with all that stuff i don't know you know i i it's Hmm. That's a good. That's it's, a good it's, question. It's kind of hard to say. You know, it, let, let's see if, if there's any proof out there. So, but you know, a lot of folks out there are dosing bacteria to help keep that good guy bacteria population um, healthy. And there's bacteria testing. Sir, is that something? Go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. Is that something that people are dosing yeah. regularly? Then, like that's yeah. part of like a regimen. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's, I'm not familiar with that at all. Yeah. But it, so. Where does the where does the bacteria come from? I mean, this is like yeah. a product you can bottle bacteria. Buy, yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I, and, yeah, and um, me, sure. you know, I I actually kind of started doing it to help control nutrients because I had been using uh, Cato as a uh, form of nutrient export on my systems, and mm -hmm. um, you know, every once in a while my Cato would crash, and every once in a while, you know, it, right. you know, it's kind of a pain in the ass to uh, to keep uh, you know stuff maintained and all that sort of thing. Um, but you know, the other thing that, um, so dosing bacteria can kind of help in terms of that nutrient export type of thing, because the bacteria that you're dosing are helping to kind of, um, you know, they're eating the stuff that the nitrates and the phosphates, uh, you know, would be, uh, using. Okay. So they're not, they're not, um, yeah. So they're, they're kind of like out competing that food source. So that's, that's helped me in terms of dosing bacteria. Okay. And, you know, so another side benefit is it kind of help in terms of problematic algae. It, it could potentially help with some green algaes and cyano and, and, and things like that. So um, there's a whole bunch of different theories as to why it 
could be good to to dose bacteria. And you know, so I have been experimenting since the summer, and, mm. and um, I took my Cato offline, and I haven't put it back online since. And I've been seeing some good results, and some problematic algae has sub subsided okay. a little bit. So it seems to have uh, worked for me. But you know, now now you've got like service a service out there, Aquabiomics, that actually can test your good guy versus bad guy bacteria. Right. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. In fact, he uh, he did a free test for me way back. I don't know if it was right when he started, but it was kind of right when he was hitting the scene. Uh, Abe, I think his name was. And uh, super nice guy, I would say. I would definitely uh, speak highly of him. Um, but I got I had one done. It was very cool, in fact. And I, there's a thread about it. You know, I think he posted a thread about what he found. And, and ultimately, I think my system, you know, checked out as, as good. You know, like there was nothing. Uh, I mean, I don't, I still don't fully understand, you know, everything about it. But uh <laughs> But my, I guess my, my water checked out good. It was everything was all right, <laughs> but uh, like on the microbial level, that is like no you know passengers. Although I will say one benefit to that is because I do want, I get asked a lot like do I have any fish you know and I'm kind of gonna change gears but um, do I have any fish and mostly I presume uh, it's to establish if I have uh, any if there's any concern that I might have some fish diseases that could get passed on you know in coral and uh, and I usually direct people to that thread just to say well I, you know I haven't added fish in years and years but I had this test done and it kind of came back clean and you know it's about the best i can offer anyone who's concerned about getting coral from a fish from a system that may have a fish that may have something that could be transmitted you know by way of the water or whatever but uh interesting yeah that was aqua aquabiomics yeah aquabiomics um yeah, dr yeah, eli a, um uh, what's his last name i can't remember off the top of my head but eli's his first name um, Meyer, Dr. Eli Meyer. Oh, yeah. Eli. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah. In fact, he, he was developing a dip, I think. And he, and I actually, I still have it. He sent me, uh, some samples of like a dip that was supposed to be, uh, you know, I confess I never used it, but it was like, he was developing some, like some dips for some very specific things like that as well. And I kind of feel bad that, I, I mean, I still have it. Maybe I should, should see if it's still good, but, uh, he, I think he was onto something. With the whole, I mean, the whole thing was very interesting to me, and uh, just to kind of have a snapshot of, you know, of that level of what's going on in your tank, you know, it was definitely interesting. And then, of course, taking that data and developing, you know, kind of medicines or whatever, uh, you know, seems like kind of like the new frontier uh, for me at the time. I mean, I was totally blown away. Like he kind of approached me and just kind of told, you know, kind of gave me the spiel, and and I was just extremely it's, impressed. It's by it's crazy thing. how much like new information we have today at our fingertips versus years and years ago, and and that that is the scary part because you could really really overthink things and you could really chase some numbers, and um, so that's why I think that's another reason why I think things have just gotten more complicated in terms of reef keeping today, and I think that um, you know sometimes just going back to the basics and and just trying to like block out all that noise is a um is maybe is a good thing but um you know if you're having issues with the tank i guess having those type tools are, uh, are good to have um all right man go ahead yeah well it's nice to have yeah i was just gonna say to have machines that actually test you know alkal alkalinity and calcium and, and magnesium at, at once uh i mean that's like something we would have dreamed about, you know, 10, you know, 15 years ago. And, and we have that today. So in, in some ways, the trade-off is that we do have these devices that, that make life easier, but uh, there's still all these other things involved and little kind of caveats and things like that that you can explore that will complicate mm -hmm. it all the more, uh, all the more. All right. <laughs> Another person is commenting on the picture behind you. Adam, on my next coral order, my simple reef says, I want the photo in the back. <laughs> I don't know, man. You're gonna have to start printing up. You're gonna have to start printing okay, up a few of those. You, 
you can go on the site. I actually have a wallpaper version of it. Just say if anyone wants that, but you can go on the site. You can buy that, and you can hang this. You can hang that on your wall. <laughs> it is available. It's listed as Laser Girl in the Battle Print section. Uh, you know, maybe buy a, you know buy one, maybe get one free. I don't know. Maybe I'll touch a deal. You know, something like that. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. The, the Battle Prints have not taken off. I mean, it's not. I'm not gonna retire selling these things. But. Uh, uh, I am trying to incorporate a little bit more like not just pictures of coral kind of goofy things, you know, like that. <laughs> so, you know. Um, all right. We got a, another lighting question for you from Variant. Curious how Adam likes his coral carers compared to his reef breeder units. Uh, good question. You know, I finally got around to uh, hooking up the, the controller because <laughs> I had I was running one uh, for a long time and I didn't I didn't uh, hook up the controller. So I finally hooked up the controller and, uh, you know, it's kind of on par with the, with the T5. It's in a tank that has the, the T5. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a small section of a tank that is primor, uh, primarily uh, lit with T5. And, uh, it's, I mean, it's kind of like the LED, LED version of a T5. I mean, between coverage and uh, just kind of even functionality. Uh, I don't, I really like the, like, I like the, the fact that the refrigerators are nice and long mm. and I can cover way more area, you know, with the 50 inch light. I don't know that I would see myself buying like 50, uh, coral carrots just because of, for one, I mean, they're, they're heavy, but I don't know if that's, I mean, they're, they're like kind of strangely heavy, which is good. I mean, I'm sure it's good, but, uh, I mean, I like the light. My coral likes the light. I'm probably not going to invest in a bunch of those just because Actually, that was the one thing I asked Carlos. I said, "Any plans to make like a long yeah. version? You know, could they make a triple, you know, triple size?" And uh, and he said, "No." So, you know, would I put one over a display? I totally might. You know, I mean, that's something I would consider in a heartbeat. It was it was a much cooler light once I hooked up the controller. I'll say that because I just had it on off for about a year or two, and I finally hooked up that controller and got all that going. And uh, uh, it's actually actually the the controls are very cool. Like it's not like the intensity stays the same as you switch between uh, spectrum. It's not like when you turn the white down that the intensity goes down. Somehow it manages to kind of balance the two and keep the intensity uh, at this, you know, this, like I'm sure there's a fancy word for that, but like as you switch away from the light from the blue, like it keeps the same intensity, you know, and somehow it like maintains that, uh, like you don't sacrifice par if you want it blue or a whiter, you know, some, I think yeah, I yeah, you sense, are. but uh, I mean, that's something that you don't, you know what I mean? Like that's not you don't get that with the refrigerators or anything that any other fixture that I know of. But is the uh, your bread and butter in terms of growing and coloring up corals? Right. The question <laughs> I get asked all the time. I mean, without question. I mean, I'm still running Iwasaki's, you know, uh, on old magnetic valves even. And uh, I mean, it's, without question, like the coral under those are growing the fastest. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Is it like rapidly fast to where it blows everything else away? Definitely not. In fact. Uh, the T5s, I mean, I run a lot of uh, 65K uh, balls in the T5s, too. And uh, it's like the million-dollar question. You know, like, I mean, it seems like I, c I can go back and forth all day. I mean, without a doubt, halides will grow coral faster. I mean, like, they, whatever, they, they, whatever they're offering, you know, uh, it's a little bit more than they're getting under uh, LEDs and T5s. Maybe it's just because I guess I, I always kind of equate it like punch. <laughs> it seems like halides just have a little more punch. Yeah. But, uh, you know, these days it's, it's, it's hard to, it's really hard to compare because there's, I mean, there's so many other trade-offs with that, that, you know, I can go back and forth all day. Do I have a favorite? I definitely don't. I mean, like I said earlier, I know when I'm out at uh, Iwasaki's, I'm not going to buy any more halide bulbs after that. So, 
I mean, like it, it, there's a finite, uh, you know, the clock is ticking for sure. And, uh, you know, will I miss them when I'm, when they're gone, uh, remains to be seen, <laughs> but, but I have no intention of, you know, adding more, uh, to the system at all. You know, I've got, I'm running four right now. And, and when the bulbs are gone, that, if, that's if you were that. starting your own SPS tank in your house, it's like a display tank, you know, and you wanted to have a kick-ass mm -hmm. SPS collection, which you already have. But, uh, if you wanted to like have a gorgeous display tank, what, uh, what lighting would you put over that tank? And and you could pick a, you could pick oh, a com again. you could pick a combination a if you wanted to. You know it's hard to beat you know LED T five combination is is hard to beat these days. I would say like you get like the coverage you get with a T five, you don't get with any other like point source like uh, you know halides or, or LEDs. So there's something that is lost if you if you don't have T fives as well. I mean I don't know if you've ever no. run T fives, but just with like, my halides, light light gets to area. Well, light get, but more so than halides, light gets to areas that it doesn't right. get to with halides or, or T5s. So, I mean, that alone is a good enough excuse. And, and my corals love T5s. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they absolutely love them. Um, but I think, like, an, if I was going to set up another display, I would probably do, like, an LED halide or LED uh, Interesting. T5 combo. Interesting. Um, question for you that I think we covered during our last chat, but maybe something's changed. Do you feed your SPS with aminos or coral specific foods? No, again, you know, it's one of those things like I don't, you know, I've dabbled with, you know, different, um, you know, types of food like, uh, reproids and, and, you know, aminos kind of a while ago now, but no, I mean, I've never really committed to any of it. Uh, you know, like I said, every once in a while, I might throw some reproids in the backup system because there's no fish and it. it seems like nutrients are, you know, that might be my only excuse to maybe do something like that. But, you know, I never had uh, any like visible, uh, I couldn't like say, Oh, absolutely. When I gave them that, like they responded well. And again, I guess I just never committed to it maybe long-term enough to, to see the effects or I just was being lazy and I, and I didn't, you know, continue. Uh, you know, I don't have, I'd like things in bottles, that sort of thing. Uh, is not really part of my regimen at all. Like uh, except for what I said earlier, I I have been I do dose iodine pretty regularly because I know that it, it goes it's going somewhere. <laughs> but uh, you know, kind of like the old adage, you know, if you can't test for it, then you know, don't you probably shouldn't add it or at least be kind of maybe leery of it. Yeah, I've had a similar uh, experience with um, aminos and and coral food. I've kind of dabbled with it, and um, you know, sometimes I've had uh, cyano mm -hmm. breakout, and and I haven't really noticed any big differences and right. stuff. So I, you know, I, I make my own like, um, homemade fish food and I'll put some reefroids into that, you know, into the uh, food processor when I do that, Perfect. just to kind of like have it in there. I don't know yeah. if it makes any difference, but right. <laughs> it's a nice little, uh, I, I'm with you. And you know, well, there's been times where I've added, uh, reefroids and I, and I know Phil, Phil's actually a really good friend of mine. I'm not going to in any way say, I know that reefroids is very effective, but, uh, I can't say that. I mean, I've had a flashlight in the dark looking at polyps, you know, after I put a bunch of reforwards in the tank and, you know, my acros did not, were not interested in it at all. I mean, that's not just from what I could see. Like, I just wanted so badly to see one just like snatch one up and kind of suck it in. And it, it just, it, it didn't happen. I mean, to this day, I, I, I don't know that they ever actually ate, like physically ate the, the little, you know, particles. But, but, uh, but other things, I mean, but here's the thought, like other things do that could then in turn, you know, feed the, the acros in some form or another. So like, I'm not going to say it's bad, but just something that I never, I believe in, do. I believe in fish you know? poop is a good thing for, uh, for coral food. Yeah. That yeah. Me too. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, I, I do put a lot of fish food in my tank. I mean, there's one thing, uh, that they get plenty of, and I don't have, like I said, a ton of fish, like for my water volume, it's pretty low, but, uh, I'm with you, man. That's kind of like, I mean, 
essentially if that that's that's what my corals get. <laughs> so yeah. uh Scotty Damron has a question about your um your raceways. And I think I'm not sure if he asked this question earlier, but I, I think somebody commented that they look like they were acrylic, but they're glass, right? Those are um those tanks are uh they are, yeah, they are, they are glass and, uh, <laughs> kind of a long story. I had, you know, in my backup, my system, um, I'll give you the condensed version, but uh, my old system in the basement was all glass. And when I was kind of planning the, you know, the new addition, uh, I, I was kind of just like glass was working for me now. So glass was, I'm going to go with glass In hindsight, uh, glass is super mm. heavy. Uh, it scares me up there because it's heavy and it's vulnerable. And, you know, if I had to do over again, I would have had PVC tanks made you know, or just gone with some troughs. But uh, it looks cool. But, uh, you know, it's, it, it is glass. And uh, at any given moment, you know. It could give way. <laughs> something could happen. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's kind of it's like a constant for me. And, and uh, you know, there's a whole other maybe next time if you had me on, I can tell you all about how I had some structural issues, you know, in like my first or second year. Uh, oh really? There, After but, uh, the uh, the tanks were filled really, with water, there was a uh, an issue in terms of um, things were getting a little. Yeah, yeah, it, it was quirky, and and uh, you know ultimately I had a floor plan, and I gave it to the trough company, and I said this is what's up there, sell me what I need, and, and I think it was uh, it was under engineered, and we can kind of leave that as a cliffhanger for the next one, but uh, it was dealt with, but boy, it was an insane problem, and this was probably like my second year up there. Uh, yeah, we can, we'll next, next time. time. Um, so, Scotty, the, I guess the specific question sure. was, can Adam tell us where to get those cable troughs? Oh, and I'm not, I'm not sure what he's talking cable, about. The cable, I guess I'm not maybe, sure what. Maybe he yeah, can reiterate. It might that. could maybe be a could be a typo there. I, I thought he was talking about your uh, your your raceways and. Well, the the tanks came from uh, glass cages. I can say that they're three quarter inch glass uh, cable troughs. Maybe he can come back and, and yeah. reiterate that. I'm guessing it might have been a typo or something, but but uh, no. And 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 to their credit, like I haven't had any issues with the tanks themselves, but it's just one of those things that I have to like think mm -hmm. about. <laughs> you know, if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't have put glass up there just for the sheer sake of the weight, the added weight. The tanks empty are about a thousand pounds. Yeah, and uh, you know, just a lot of unnecessary weight that didn't have to be up. There. Um. So this is an interesting uh, question question from variant um what would adam <clears throat> say is something that vendors commercial aquaculturists uh, do that may not be recommended for a hobbyist and display tanks that you have at home a anything that you do at a commercial level that um you know you would oh for sure uh, run lots of uh yellow spectrum high par lighting <laughs> you know i mean i would never run uh 65ks over a display you know just because it just doesn't look that great but you know it's great for growing coral uh, just not so great for looking at it. I mean, unless you're really into that, but you know, that would be one thing I, you know, I know, I mean, I, I don't think I'm alone in this, but you know, I run, um, you know, all my T5s have really heavy on the, uh, the tropic bulb, like at the Geisman, uh, tropic 65 K, uh, specifically that would be something that, in fact, I get asked about lighting and T5 all the time. And I give them my little spiel about, yeah, yeah, you know, I have a lot of yellow bulbs in there, but if it was over display, you know, I would do this and, you know, certainly not be, uh, use yellow you know 65k spectrum bulbs but uh you know let me try to think i know uh, some folks i've had on have talked about using lanthium chloride and that's not something for the uh, phantom heart to uh use you know oh, yeah yeah like stuff like that like i i don't think i would go near that i mean let's well that's for dealing with yeah, like yeah. states and stuff right so yeah that that would be i that would be like way on the uh, lower <laughs> on my list of things like if i had a problem and i you know and i needed desperately yeah. to solve it like 
Like I may get there, but like that's not something that I would you know consider doing. Yeah. Otherwise, um, Scotty Damron clarified he was talking about uh, coral your coral uh, raceways. So yeah. Oh yeah, the tanks. They're from glass cages, and they were just you know I basically said, uh, you know what what's the biggest pain you get what what's the biggest pain you can you can make it out of, and that's it, it's not quite twelve foot. They said the twelve foot was like an additional. You know, they, it was a special thing for the 12 foot. So it's about 11 foot, like nine inches and some change and uh, by four foot. So, you know, that was that's the base and, and the tank. And so that kind of dictated how big the tanks were. But, uh, man, glass cages, tanks have gotten. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I will. You know, I, I bought, you know, I bought a 300 gallon many, many years ago. And it was like refreshingly cheap like almost like in in like spook spooky cheap and uh i mean i get it because that's just the way the world but uh glass cages is not competitively priced with some of the the big leagues like it's expensive now <laughs> like i mean i was kind of surprised i was browsing in there like a year or two ago and i was just like wow like like the tank that i got i think like my 300 cost me like like 600 bucks or something i mean it was like yeah it, negligible they're, they're up it's to like, like uh, the price of glass has gone way up. Like if you want to get like low iron starfire right. glass right. or something like that, it's just it's it's like a commodity. I mean, it's like goes up and down. Right. And and uh, I think also now with COVID, right. there's uh, just a whole bunch of different things happening in terms of supply chain issues and rates and. Yeah, well, I know acrylic, acrylic as well. I've got uh, the guy that makes my racks is uh, Ben at uh, B O uh, B O A uh, Building an Obsession, and uh, he was having a heck of a time getting acrylic. And I mean, he, he had some serious problems back in like the fall, I think. Uh, so it's going around. I mean, I guess everything's kind of been uh, one thing. <laughs> I don't know if it was coronavirus related, but like, I don't know. Uh, do you use Reborn in your app? I do. You know? Yes. Like the two yes. little fish of Reborn. Do you remember when it used to be like yes, big and chunky? It changed. Like pretty yeah. clean and normal? Yeah. It's small yeah. and kind of weird now. And, you know, I, I don't know what to make of it, but, you know, things like that that seem to have kind of come. In fact, I think that this Tropic Marin thing is probably you know related in some to some degree uh you know with the supply chain issues or something but, so yeah i mean the hobby is certainly affected by that as as we all kind of have been but but you, uh, um you you you, know, you, you I, mentioned I something that i want to uh, address in terms of uh building obsession uh the frag racks i i think the acrylic mm -hmm. uh, frag racks that's um something that i recently swapped out i used to use a uh, crate and um i I, mm -hmm. I had always like a lot of like algae issues with the egg crate and um, even the stuff that yep. was, you know, that it was sold as uh, conditioned for an aquarium that wouldn't leach phosphate out and all that stuff. So uh -huh. I, I, I think it was building an obsession yeah. that I got these uh, acrylic uh, frag racks from and uh, quite the difference, you know, in terms mm -hmm. of uh, not having to worry about that stuff. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally with you. Like you can't clean egg crate. Yeah. Like, it's a pain in the butt to like get yeah. down and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm with you. I contacted him a couple of years ago, and I just kind of said, "Can you make some frag racks for me?" And uh, in fact, I've I could I keep buying more. Like that's all I, I don't use egg crate at all anymore. Yeah, so, uh, it seems like and actually, yeah, I mean I could go on and on, but it's it seems like all the little quirky issues that I had with egg crate are gone because I don't have egg crate anymore. Uh, you know. It's uh, it's it's but, been amazing, man. I've, I've been using yeah. for a couple of months, uh, or maybe not that long, but knock on wood that. Um, yeah. Um, question about whether you use a calcium reactor. The answer is yes. Probably a. Um, yeah, yeah, big, big old, big old geo. Uh, you know, the biggest one they got that you can that isn't a custom model. And 
you know, kind of like set it and forget it. I mean, I don't, I've like, I had a calcium reactor before I, I even had a tank set up, but like I bought one from a neighbor that I had, you know, I didn't really know what it is. I didn't really know how it works, but like I had it set up on an old 90 gallon and, uh, you know, I mean, this is a long, long time ago, but I've never not had a calcium reactor. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And it's just once I figured out kind of how it actually works, um, you know, that I ran that one for years without a pH controller. I mean, I just kind of, you just, you, you yeah. had to be into I it. used to do the same thing. Yeah, right, right. I mean, I never had a problem. Uh, Might have melted the media every once in a while, but I mean, it was the kind of thing where I didn't rely on the on the on the controller at all. It didn't have a pH probe, <laughs> so it, I mean, it wasn't even an option. It was an old Coraline, uh, like a fifteen oh two or something. Um, but uh, that kind of uh, get, I mean, that like that was the crash course I needed to really understand how to use a calcium reactor effectively. And uh, I don't think I would ever do it differently unless uh, you know calcium reactor media became unavailable. So you know, if I didn't have a choice. Uh, you know, I would certainly dose, but, uh, you know, it's kind of like once they're dialed in, it's really, it's a pretty amazing, uh, piece of equipment you can easily take for granted. That's for sure. So we're, um, we're probably getting near to, uh, to wrapping this thing up. And I wanted to kind of ask you a broad question that, um, you know, potentially could, um, be great advice sure. for hobbyists in, in terms of, and I might've asked you this the last time I had you on, but I think it's worth asking you again. And, and that is, um, you know, what would be like your top three things that would be most important to, have a uh, successful SPS dominant reef tank? Mm, good question. Uh, <clears throat> probably on the top of the list would be to not freak out when they die. <laughs> I mean, it, can, you know, it like, happens. I mean, that's what I tell people like, don't, don't, like, don't get too attached because they die. And it could be nothing to, to do with you or the tank or anything like that. Like, you know, the, the piece that you like so much, you know trying to get too attached because it, it may die and it may, it may have nothing to do with anything that you've done. Take it from me. Uh, you know, first and foremost, you know, don't try try to keep your, your, your freak out level, you know, manageable <laughs> when that happens. Uh, you know, and of course, number two would be alkalinity. I mean, you can't, a tank will not be successful if your alkalinity is all over the place. I mean, I'm, I'm convinced of that. Uh, again, you don't, ha it doesn't, doesn't have to be where I keep mine, you know, but pick a number that, you know, maybe between, you know, seven and, and 12 that seems to be working for you and keep it there. You know, however you got to do it, keep it there. And, and, uh, I mean, it, like elk is definitely one of the parameters that it, you know, like you, you will see the effect, you know what I mean? It's not like some things you know, we're talking about potassium, that sort of thing. Like when your elk does something weird, like your corals, you can tell, I mean, like weird things happen and sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's real bad. But, uh, I would say of all other parameters, and I know that there's, we have these machines that test it for us, Probably not a bad idea to have a, a titration kit on the shelf as well to double check against anything or just if you have any idea that maybe, uh, you know, the, your machine isn't accurate to have something to check it against. But uh, and number three definitely uh, would be like a good solid RODI unit. I mean, I think that kind of like the tank is water. Water is the main ingredient. And, you know, to pay, I think a lot of people take water for granted and probably take their filter for granted. And it may not be working as well as I think it is or, you know, that sort of thing. Like usually when, when someone comes to me with problems, the first thing we talk about is, is their RO unit. I mean, I'll just ask them, like, can you tell me a little bit about it? You know, how old is it? What kind of, you know, what are your tolerances and that sort of thing? Uh, you know, so I, I would say good, clean water, yep. you know, that you can, that you're confident is good, you know, stable parameters as always. And, you know, don't get too attached to those aquifers <laughs> <laughs> or colonies because, you know, they will die. I mean, they're, they're not going to keep them all alive forever. There's no, you know, 
don't get too what, attached. Um, you can get more. <laughs> what species of acropora would you think is the, uh, the the quirkiest, the hardest to keep? You know, millipora, tenuous. Um, what um, any, uh, any for me? Uh, Echinatus. Echinatus. This be the most finicky. I've lost more in shipping than any other coral mm. by far. Uh, I mean, it's doing good for a month. Then it looks terrible. Might die. Might look okay. I mean, I'd say far beyond. I mean. I'd say all of my other corals pretty much in the same boat as far as like they can handle a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I don't really think too much about it. Echinata just kind of sucks for me. Just, it, <laughs> I mean, that, that would be the one. For- yeah. I mean, that's a smooth, smooth skin, you know, uh, acro and all that stuff. And, and, um, yeah, don't demand as much light. Just affinity. Compare, I, yeah. I, I, I seem to, yeah. I just have to the code. Maybe I don't know. Sometimes for me, mill, millies are, uh, kind of tough. Uh, you know, they're, they're kind of like the canary in the coal mine. Millie's is comes in waves for me <laughs> because sometimes they're doing great and sometimes they're all doing poorly. Like it's the kind of thing where uh, it's like the Millie, like the Millie wave. And, and I'm right there with you. I think we're not alone in this one either, but uh, yeah, definitely a good barometer. But, uh, but I, like I they have smells of doing wonderful versus the Echinata where it's just always kind of like, seems like it's just mad at me. <laughs> like it's never, you know, it's, it's never happy. It's, you know, like it's, I can't know what, no matter what I do, no matter how nice I talk to it. But uh, but I'm with you with Millie's too because it seems like you could have a bunch of Millie's doing great and then all of a sudden no idea they all look like crap and and uh, and again I've talked to a lot of people that seem to have the same I, I have no I can't explain that one either but you're not yeah, alone no it uh, it definitely it. can be frustrating you know it it is tough to be like you know you have a tank and things aren't cruise control and then all of a sudden you kind of like uh, you know just uh, go by the tank and you look at see one frag or one little colony is like uh, RTN on you're like what the heck and you know it's like so frustrating it's like everything's going so well why did it just like you know drop uh, you know yep. it's frustrating oh, yeah. Dude, that's the story of my life man <laughs> believe me that's kind of like why I said when when you see that try I mean it's a very hard thing it's taken me years and years to try to quell that like initial freak out and I you know I can tell when things, when I have a real problem, like usually if there's multiple corals that are doing bad, you know, I know I've got something going on, but you know, I, every day I go up there, I, I got, I pull dead frags out. I mean, there's, you know, there's no, there's not a day that's gone by where I haven't had something that went wrong and, you know, some, some level like that. So uh, it's just the kind of thing where you just have to try to not let it freak you if, out. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's hard. If, if you're uh, starting to see but, some, uh, you know, STN or whatnot going on a, uh, a colony, you know, one of your grow colonies, mm-hmm. what, what do you um, typically try to do? Do you ch- try to like uh, immediately frag it up or do yeah, you good... do a dip or? Uh, you know, I generally don't dip. I think that, you know, and I tell people a lot of this too, you know, I don't know that there are any dips that really are offer anything therapeutic. You know, especially to like a stressed out coral, you know, there may be some iodine based dips, but, you know, to take an already stressed coral and dip it, yeah. I think more times than not is just yeah. to push it over the edge, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I'm not that consistent, though. Like if it's something that I really like, I'll, I'll my response will be way different than something that ah, if I lose mm-hmm. it, I may not care so much. Um, but generally, you know, after the heart, the initial heart flutter and, you know, kind of like, oh, uh. I'll, I'll try to ride it out as long as I can. If it's obviously, if a piece is going downhill, you know, and I need to frag it up, that's usually a last resort. But, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I, like dipping stressed coral never, uh, it's never worked out for me. Yeah, I, 
you know, in trying to, you know, like for any kind of therapeutic. Yeah, no, same with me. I've never dipped. I think what I've always tried to do is, like you said, you try to hang on as long as possible. But, um, you know, at some point in time, I was like, all right, I got to save part of this coral. I got to frag it. And for me, maybe I've got like a a 20% success ratio doing that, you know, and maybe it's because, you know, maybe it's because I just like really don't want to believe it's happening. I just want to leave it alone and just hope that it's going to resolve itself on its own. But it doesn't happen usually that way. I know all too well. I know all too well. In fact, my uh, my captive collection was pretty much grown from like the frag that survived off the wild colony that died. I mean, it's a little different apples than oranges talking about wild colonies, but you know the frags do. In fact, that's another write up I was going to write and I never really got to. But like, there's something about frags that makes them extremely resilient. Yes. And I don't know if it's just when they're broken off, they create some kind of. I think they might even touch on this last time too. But like frags, like you can. You could drop a frag on the floor and come back and, you know, a dry, crusty frag and, and it'll almost come back mm-hmm. to life uh, where colonies just are the exact opposite. I mean, like, they don't like to be moved. They don't like to be touched. They don't like to be anything yeah. like that. Uh, I'm sure there's a scientific <laughs> reason for it. I mean, I, I, in fact, I would love to see more research done about why is a frag so resilient versus, uh, you know, a colony. And if another kind of uh, something to ponder is that you know, when we get, like, wild colonies, you know, like from Australia, whatever, those are frags as well. They're just larger. I mean, it's a larger frag off a much larger colony. But, you know, I've had tremendously good success with wild stuff, you know, living, um, the frags right. living <laughs> off of the colony. Like the colony, I mean, the you know, the chunk doesn't make it, but the frag does does wonderful. And like I said, 90% of my collection is from that frag that survived off the Aussie colony that, you know, go, crashed. Go figure. So uh, something something to ponder, at least. I'm sure smarter people smarter than, than me, I, I would be interested and, to see, you know kind of what the, yeah, what they sure. about that. All right, man. Well, listen, um, I guess we're going to, uh, we're going to wrap it up, Adam. I, I, uh, can't thank you enough for, uh, being a part of the live cool. stream. Did you have any, uh, final thoughts? Yeah, yeah, man. No, I just want to say thanks this time, man. I appreciate you having me on. You know, it's always a blast. <laughs> You know, and again, if if we do it again, just uh, maybe I'll pick a different background and, and we'll, uh, no, we'll, well meet definitely, up. De- <laughs> we'll definitely would like to have sure. you back on. I know everybody got a lot, a uh, lot out of this and, and, uh, I always learn something, you know, from you. So, uh, it, uh, I don't, I don't think yeah, I'm going to, no, uh, I don't too, think man. I'm going right. to take the big hit on the wallet this time and, and buy a, a, uh, you know, a very expensive air exchange unit that, uh, you talked me into on the last, uh, live <laughs> right. stream, but, right. uh, I, well, you now got it's, it. uh, you got it. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing, nothing else I can really. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad that worked out for you, though. That I mean, that's wonderful. It's always the same. Anyone that I've kind of given that spiel, that's the feedback I've gotten. Like, yep, it did everything. It, that's, Somebody that's did ask. But uh, no, I just want to say thanks, man. I mean, I appreciate the consideration. You know, it's it's fun. Like, I don't do this very often, but it's always fun, man. I appreciate the. Yeah. Appreciate All the right, time. dude. Well, listen. Um, I'm gonna let you go, and I want to thank everybody out there for tuning in. I also want to thank the uh, sponsors, Bulk Resupply and Ecotech Marine supporting the show and um also to remind you folks that uh, you can catch audio replays of rapping with reef bum as podcasts available now on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and stitcher my next live stream will be on thursday january 27th that's next thursday at 7 p.m eastern standard time with levi peterson who's also known as the oddball reefer reefer levi also works at aci aquaculture so that should be another great show Yep. Until then, everybody uh, be safe and be well, and we will see you next time.